Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms, so like a book or movie or Uh TV show, and um, see where they cross over thematically, and then make a world for all these wacky characters to combine. Because if you're crossing over fandoms, then you've got a lot of people that need to all fit into one place. That's true. All into one place. So you better make it big, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know. Or tiny. Itty bitty, oh my gosh, and just cram all those (laughs) boring factions in there. Exactly. Yeah, we don't care about their comfort. They're here for our entertainment. It's like that that elevator in Willy Wonka. It is exactly like that elevator in Willy Wonka. Shove them in there. Annie, what are we taking that wonderful magic glass elevator to a wake of dead children in our midst? Or in well, our it, it sure ain't Willy Wonka. <laughs> um, so today we are crossing over One Day at a Time and His Dark Materials. Ooh, even the two titles feel opposing to me. And yeah, so I feel like when you combine them, One Day at a Time sounds a real dark. Yeah, One Day at a Time, His Dark Materials. <laughs> it is only one day at a time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm very excited to see how ominous we can get with this one. Me too. Since I feel like we've been on a run of making uh, enjoyable things creepy the last few episodes. Um, No, well, also creepy things enjoyable. Like, it worked out for Animal Farm. That's true. Everything meets in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, so, on the on the sunnier side of things, yeah. um, One Day at a Time is a family-based sitcom that's currently airing on Netflix. Hey. Um, it's a reboot of a sitcom of the same name from the 1970s, but for purposes of this podcast, I'll just be talking about the current reboot. Um, it currently has two seasons and has been renewed for a third! Yeah, and that was a big, a big question Yeah, because right? it was like, are they gonna yeah. do it? And and we had to like beg Netflix yeah. because for some reason they doubted that people would continue to watch the most fantastic, adorable family sitcom they were of wrong. our time. Well, they were eventually were right because they renewed it again. They started being wrong yeah. and then they were right. And so good job, Netflix. Yeah, redemption arc. Exactly. Um, the show has received very good reviews from both critics and fans and has been supported by LGBTQIA and Latinx groups for its repre- representation of characters. Um, the show follows the Alvarez family, a Cuban-American family led by single mom Penelope. Uh, Penelope is a former Army nurse who tries to balance the competing demands of her family, her work as a nurse, and her own needs. Um, she lives with her, with her mother, Lydia, who emigrated to the U.S. from Cuba as a girl and who teaches dance. Now, I've only watched a little bit of One Day at a Time over your shoulder as yep. you watch it. Do they deal much with Penelope's veteran status? Oh, definitely. Or, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, something I'll talk about oh, kind of throughout. Um, but yes. Cool. Um, so Penelope's children, Elena and Alex, are third generation kids in an immigrant family um, and deal with like normal teen slash preteen stuff while also engaging in different ways with their cultural backgrounds. Um, for example, in the first season, Elena struggles with the idea of having a quinceanera, um, which is like a very traditional thing in Latinx cultures mm-hmm. uh, or culture. But it makes her uncomfortable as a young queer feminist because it's such a gendered event. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, she's getting pressure from her family because it's like, of course we do this. You just but do this it. This is just how it happens. Um, but, you know, she's dealing with her own identity as like a young lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, how does that fit into something that is very like poofy dress? Absolutely. Um, the cast is rounded out by Schneider, the nosy neighbor sitcom type uh, trope representative. Um, he's the landlord of the building where the Alvarez family lives and independently wealthy. Oh, nice. Um, he's also Canadian, making his immigrant experience very different from Lydia's. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, like it's it's handled really well. And there's a, um, a plot line in season two where both he and Lydia are like getting their um, U.S. citizenship. Oh. It's real sweet. Yeah. Um, the show is very standard sitcom episodic, but has a lot of overarching plot lines like Elena's quinceanera, uh, Penelope studying to become a registered nurse, and Lydia becoming an American citizen. Which is, I think, the one that I came home and you were crying about. Uh, like, oh my God, so like many in a puddle tears. of tears. Yeah. 
Oh my God, so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, like with um, with the standard sitcom format, the show manages to hit on some really intense issues with a lot of sensitivity and thoughtfulness. Um, like they cover P- storylines like PTSD, which mm. um, Penelope is dealing with coming from like being overseas in the army. Right. Um, and like something along those lines. So she has PTSD um, and she's like a literal nurse. Right. Um, so she like, can have access to medication but like feels both like she shouldn't be dealing with this because it's not like a like traditional latinx thing to be like you have mental health issues and you should like see a therapist and Mm -hmm. like take medication it's like you just buck up yeah and she's also like a caregiver figure yeah exactly yeah so she's like she should be strong Mm -hmm. but she like is literally like there, there are some scenes of her like literally waking up from like nightmares, and oh, her man. and her mom like comes in to like hold her. Oh. It's like real emotional. Yeah. Um. So, so they have that. Um. Oh, and like, in addition to that, like her trying to call the like the um the VA for mm-hmm. like like medical help basically sure. um and like being there's a plot where, where like she's literally on hold like all day trying to get this one person yeah. and just like deal seeing what vets have to deal with absolutely which is um, not something that gets talked about in any setting let yeah. alone a sitcom yeah exactly um so yeah there's that um Elena coming out um immigration is a big plot line with Lydia um like they have this whole scene where she talks about being um like a young cuban girl and like being sent to the u.s as part of like the peter pan program mm-hmm. um and like she left her family behind like it was like her and and i think her sister who like got on a plane and never saw their parents again absolutely um and she had another sister that she just never talked about because she like her other sister was too old for the program um so they're like yeah, like real yeah. big Seriously. stuff. It's like fun family sitcom. Also, we're going to talk about some stuff. Yeah. And like none of them feel like a quote, you know, story of the week type mm-hmm. situation. Um, like they're all dealt with with real focus and sensitivity. But it's it's never something that's just like dropped in one episode and you never hear about it again. Like, right. again, like the um, PTSD thing, like covers like several um, story arcs from Penelope getting help. She goes off medication at some point thinking, oh, I feel great. Mm -hmm. And then I don't need this anymore when, I mean, she really does. And like joining a female army veteran support group. Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I wonder if that's a feature of doing like a a traditional style sitcom, but for a format like Netflix where you get to do a whole season and you know exactly what your order is and how many episodes you're making. And you can be maybe a little more progressive than like if you were doing it for ABC family where they have a lot of like, uh, sponsors who want you to represent things right. in very you particular ways, road. and you also yeah. you don't even have to do things like compete for sweeps or yeah. like have the the rhythms of scheduling that you yeah. have to go up against of like oh what is the night that we're up against the Super Bowl or oh whatever. exactly like you get to really just like structure yeah. stuff yeah and I think you it also like it lulls you into a false sense of complacency because mm-hmm. it's like it's a literal three camera sitcom format like they have the the home set and the Penelope work set and like the Schneider living room set but like with that as the background mm-hmm. they're allowed to push more boundaries in terms of what they're talking about with character um, yeah. which is great absolutely and I feel like there it allows it as well with like they're bringing in an audience that is already going to be a little bit keyed into different things. If yeah. they're bringing in the, you know, the Latinx population and if the people know that it's an LGBTQIA, yeah. like they're already getting audiences in who aren't generally represented in mass media. And so yeah. they can push that a little further even. Right. And like really make it a big tent kind of show. Yeah. Um, but again, not in a way that feels like they're really just like shoehorning something in right. or like, oh, here's the episode about eating disorders like on Full House. Right. It's never and then like no an one ever hears about it again. Yeah, it's never like an eat your vegetables kind of thing. Yeah. Or... It's just like these are issues that the characters are dealing with because they have their lives and those yeah. are just parts of their lives. Yeah. I guess we never really saw like Jesse Spano going to treatment for caffeine pill right. addiction. She was never like, I can't have soda anymore because, <laughs> because I've I'm had so too much caffeine. I'm yeah. too scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's it's a really good balance of kind of the traditional sitcom humor and mm-hmm. the very like sensitive, thoughtful feels. So that like in every episode, I think, oh no, this is going to be a normal sitcom episode. Like I'm not going to cry. And then I'm like weeping on the couch. Yeah, I think this is the show that 
has accounted for the most me coming home to Annie crying since like every, a family of snow owls ate yeah, their youngest yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. And so far, none of the owl, the uh, Alvarez family has eaten an owl. I mean, so, so far, they got renewed for a third season. Yeah, who so, knows? You know, anything good. The all bets are off now. Exactly. And you know what? <laughs> if Rita Moreno wants to eat a baby owl, then fine. Yeah. She can do it. Absolutely. I she bet does, she could sell it. She could. She mm-hmm. does whatever. <laughs> they have a mandate now. So exactly. get ready for some baby owls. Woo-hoo. Um, so for characters, we have Penelope Alvarez, mom, nurse, veteran, and Hufflepuff. Oh. She literally says this on the show. What? Yeah. She's Man. like, I took a quiz. I'm a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, yes, you are, girl. We are through the looking glass Welcome. here, people. <laughs> Welcome to Hufftown. Exactly. Um, there's Lydia Alvarez, Penelope's mother, um, drama queen, played perfectly by national treasure Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno plays most things perfectly. Yeah, right? But like, this is the perfection of perfection. Oh my God, she's amazing. Like, I I was so excited when I was like, oh, she's going to be in a show. And now, like, every episode, I'm just like, her delivery is amazing. I just, I love her so much. Yay. Uh, there's Elena Alvarez, Penelope's teenage daughter, who's a uh, smart, hard worker who wants to make a difference in the world and is also learning about her sexuality and Latinx identity. Um, there's Alex Alvarez, Penelope's, like, tween son, who's the popular and socially conscious kid in the family, or, or the socially, like, Unconscious. Well, he's he's not aware of social issues, but he's aware of a social scene. I see. He's yeah. he's, he's real like, like socially the motivated. cool kid. Yeah, yeah, very socially motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more of a Slytherin. Oh. Um, and he's Lydia's favorite because he's the baby. <laughs> um, there's Schneider, the annoying landlord with a heart of gold. Um, Doctor Leslie Berkowitz, um, who who is a, a man, um, mm. and he is Penelope's boss and kind of boyfriend to Lydia. Ooh. Um. There's Victor, who's Penelope's ex-husband and father to Elena and Alex, and who's also an army veteran and has a related drinking problem. Did, so, did Victor and Elena know each other before the service? Or, um, Victor and Penelope. Uh, Penelope, excuse me. Yes. Um, so I want to say they didn't. I think they mm-hmm. met when they were in the army together. Um, and they... No, that's wrong. Because in this past season, they do a whole flashback to like when they got the apartment and they were married, mm-hmm. and um, I think they like just had Elena when September 11th happened. Oh man! And they do this episode where like they maybe that was it. So maybe they had been in the army. The September 11th happens, and, and they had they, gotten out, being like, "This is they like their tour. yeah, we finished our tour. We have a family." Mm-hmm. Um, and then September 11th happens, and they're both like, "We need to go back." Yeah. Like. That they like make the choice that it's like we we need to step up because this world is real scary and we want to protect our little beautiful Elena. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who wouldn't want to? I know that little gay muffin. I love her. <laughs> little gay muffin baby. <laughs> She's so cute. I I would like a whole book series from Elena's point of view. Yay. Um. So yeah, but he he also has kind of some like it's implied that he has some um mental health issues from obviously being like his service. in the service but is instead of dealing it with it with like therapy and medication he is like dealing with a drinking problem now Aha. um so so yeah there is um sid who's elena's season two non-binary love interest great so freaking cute um and there's members of Penelope's female veteran support group, including Pam, played by Mackenzie Phillips, who was also in the original sitcom. Oh, that's lovely. She was like the Elena back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to kind of see her here. Yeah. Um, and there's Berto, who is Penelope's father and Lydia's husband, who passed away before the show starts. But again, we see him in some flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so some themes of the show, obviously, intergenerational family and the importance of family overall. Like as a sitcom, the theme of family is like pretty standard. But this focuses on multiple generations of an immigrant family living together. Um, so kind of a twist on that, you know, yeah. traditional sitcom. Puts it through a new like, lens. Yeah. Um, like, despite their differences, like Lydia being super Catholic and Elena being like a little teenage activist, mm-hmm. um, they all love and support each other. Um, and again, identity is a real big theme here. Um, it, like, it's a very much an intersectional show. So, like, that is fantastic and kind of crosses over a lot of different thematic issues. Yeah, and seems to hit, like on every side for every character like there's yeah. the, there's the ethnic identity there's the cultural identity yeah. there's national identity there's gender identity yeah like, um which is great like yeah. i i think i think a lot of sitcoms again that are more like traditional um 
uh, TV sitcoms, mm-hmm. like they, they like they only get to check the one box. So it'll be yeah. like we are, you know, a black sitcom, but they don't have a lot of like LGBTQIA representation right. or, you know, we're um, we're the gay sitcom and they have no people of color. Like, yeah, it's it's really nice to see that the show is very much going after the fact that people have multiple identities and like these kind of flow together. Yeah, and it seems like a show that doesn't assume any sort of default setting. Whether yeah. like in the world or just for itself, like I feel like there, it's interesting that sitcoms are so much about status quo. But yeah. then this seems like a show that doesn't really acknowledge a status quo necessarily. Right. It acknowledges that like everybody is kind of in flux. Yeah, which makes it feel very real, despite having like a laugh track. Yeah, and I'm um. sure makes it then makes it easier to put issues and discussions like that in because then it doesn't feel like oh here's our episode where right. we deal with blank exactly. But then we know like, everybody's going to go back to normal at the right. end. Right, because it's like oh you know say. Uh, Elena's gay and her partner like is homeschooled and has never been to a dance Aww. and Elena's brings her to prom uh, or brings them to prom but Elena's like oh my god I don't really I'm a nerd I don't really have a lot of friends <laughs> and like she's trying to like hide Sid from all the the kids who like doesn't don't really know her and like jump in to, like photobomb pretending that she's friend with, with people and just like <laughs> You know, yeah. kind of fun, you get like, to, like normal layer things on top yeah, of all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's another again big theme um, and things I like and think other people will like. Um, again, the intersectionality is huge in this show and just so well done. Um, like I, I love that they can layer all those issues in and mm-hmm. just make it so character focused. Um, it's also just a real sweet, charming sitcom. Like it's hard; it's not a hard or gritty watch, despite all of the very hard topics that they tackle. Absolutely. And like I cry at the end of every episode, <laughs> but it's a real good cry. It's a warm cry. Um, the cast here is just fantastic. Like especially um, Justina Machado and Rita Moreno. Like I will watch them do anything. Um, and like a special shout out for um, for Justina who plays Penelope. Like. I, I, she's been in some other sitcoms. She was in some episodes of Jane the Virgin. She's mm-hmm. been like a that person. Yeah. And it's really nice to see her like have her own TV show. Yeah, to get a little bit of a showcase. Exactly. Um, and this also proves that you can do a reboot that works really well if you re- re-examine the source and re- recontextualize it for a modern audience. Like, I think, um, studios a lot of times just think oh well that idea has been tested and people recognize the name so there you go let's just rehash it yeah but it's like okay like you can yeah right i'm not gonna go there let's not talk about it (laughs) um but like something like one day at a time it's not just saying oh single mom sitcom it's like okay well single mom sitcom but you know who is this person in like the you know 2017 ish era like what is she dealing with? Um, who are who is her family? Yeah, and um, even like what you said about, I mean, having things get tied so specifically, even to something like nine eleven, like thinking very yeah. specifically about where are these kids? Where what does it mean to be a single mother now in this time? Yeah, as opposed yeah. to and replicating be- the dynamics of a of thirty years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like and being a single mother um, who is like like in that situation, an army vet. Yeah. Well, although she wasn't a single mom at that time, but like. In a in a world where you 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 want to make the world you can literally want to make the world a better place for your children. Yeah, and it can bake that question into a sitcom of like, yeah. how do you make a, the world better? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I am glad that it has gotten so much critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm glad we have our our little one day at a time fan base. Yeah. Um. And I hope it has uh six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Seriously, it is. I mean, this is a show that I feel like everyone who loves it, who watches it, loves it. Yeah. And is like gobsmacked by how much they love. Oh, exactly. It. It's just that like. I, I think it was that you started watching it and then you were like, I'm just going to keep watching. Like, I was just, done within two it. days. So I didn't have time to join you. No, I mean, you, you can and I will yeah. go back and watch every episode. But like. <laughs> it's like your you adventure can. zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, so yeah, speaking of adventures. Hey, um, let's go on an adventure yeah. to His Dark Materials. Um, his Dark Materials is an epic fantasy trilogy written by Philip Pullman between 1995 and 2000. Um, it's three books, The Golden Compass, The Subtle knife and the amber spyglass 
class. It has a bit of a naming convention going. Um, and the books tell the story of a young girl named Lyra who goes on an astonishing adventure, but really all you need to know is that it's set in a world where everyone has little magical animal companions who follow them around and talk to them. And oh my God, it's amazing. Go read it. And Aww. then start thinking about what your Damon would be. I know, right? Um, yeah, that, that I, I'm not going to lie. I started and stopped this book a few times when I was younger. And then I think what kept me coming back to it was how cool of an idea Damon's are. Um, oh, 100%. Which, and yeah. I want to say that that's where Philip Pullman started with this. Oh, it was sure. like, it. I don't think he had like the whole world mapped out. He mm-hmm. would like, he started with that first scene with Lyra. Like sneaking and, around. And Tan like, yeah, sneaking around and like hiding in a closet. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, of course, like, of course, I'd want to know where things go from there. Absolutely. She's got a little like marmot yeah, hanging out and talking and like, to her. Damon's are, I feel like, such an interesting, like, idea because it's literally like your soul animal and not yeah. in a like spirit animal no, appropriate, but it's like your physical soul yeah, it's like a piece that of you your talk soul. to and yeah. grows with you. Um, yeah, we're going to talk, yeah. we're going to talk yeah, about right. Damon's, let me oh, tell so you. Oh, so great. Um, so yeah, the basic synopsis of the books, um, they're big, uh, but I think I'll talk through most of the Golden Compasses arcs and then sort of spin out from there. Um, the main setting of the world is very much like our Victorian time uh, period in England, but with a bit more of a steampunk flavor to it. There are zeppelins that people fly around in. Um and a bit more magic around. Um, the world is overseen by an even more omnipresent, powerful version of the Catholic Church, which is called the Magisterium, uh, and tightly controls magic and morality across the world, as well as governmental systems. Um, also, everyone has daemons. They're amazing. Um, the idea of daemons, um, like like you said, Annie, I think that's actually a great way to put it. It's essentially an exterior soul. They're these psychic extensions of each person's being, um, but they take the form of animals that stay near the person and speak with them and to others. Um, you can see other people's daemons and you can see them interacting, but it's very much a one-to-one connection. Um, there's a whole bunch of societal etiquette built up around daemons. Um, for example, you never touch someone else's daemon. That's a, like a huge taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even like when two people are fighting, their daemons fight. Um, but there's not a lot of crossover. Um, and when you hit puberty, your daemon, which when you're young can take on any form and sort of Lyra's daemon cycles through all these different animals over the course of the books, um, locks into a specific form that uh, best reflects you and your persona. Um, so it's the book has a lot of fun with the adult characters sort of depicting their daemons and echoing who they are and how they move through the world. Um, the main story, like I said, focuses on Lyra. She's 12 years old. Her daemon, Pantalemon or Pan for short, Pantalemon. Because ah, in my head, I always said it, uh, Pantalemon. Pantalemon. That's but probably better. But I have better. no idea. Yeah. Pantalemon. Anyway, she calls him Pan. Everybody calls him Pan. Um, Lyra lives at Jordan College, which is essentially Oxford, right? Yeah. Well, um, Oxford, she lives in Oxford at Oxford University, but she she lives at Jordan College at Jordan, within, within Oxford. Oxford. Okay. I'm yeah. not good at British college Yay, stuff. Oxford. Yay, go, Oxford. Go, go team. Hurrah. Um, so yeah, she lives at Jordan College, uh, but fantasy Jordan College. Yeah. So, uh, and... But like you kind I mean, you can tell the world is different, but you kind of don't know that it's just like, when you're reading it, you're like, oh, it's just kind of like a slightly fictionalized version of our world. Right. It just feels a little suffused yeah. with, with stuff. Yeah. Um, and she is sort of in awe of her adventuring Uncle Azrael, who is researching a mysterious magical substance called dust. However, the, ma- the master of the university is suspicious of Azrael, uh, and he gifts Lyra with a tool called an altheometer, which detects truth. Um, sort of a little magic gizmo gadget that looks like a golden compass, hence the title. Oh. Um, Lyra is adopted by the mysterious Mrs. Coulter, who charms her and gives her sort of a, a window into a lavish life, but seems super sketchy and suspect. Mm-hmm. And gradually Lyra discovers that Mrs. Coulter is at the head of a child abduction ring, which is headed by the Magisterium, and has stolen Lyra's good friend Roger. Um, so Lyra teams up with a group of canal-faring nomads. They're basically Romani. Um, yeah. sort of boat people yeah. um, whose children have been taken by this uh, kidnapping ring and they all head north to look for the missing kids um, along the way uh, they recruit more help including a clan of witches a yeah. gun-toting airship oh, cowboy yes and a freaking armored polar bear yeah. who's just the greatest um, i mean the cast is just so amazing yeah, talking armored polar bear that's all you need to know i should have led with that what am i doing 
Um, Lyra also learns that her uncle and Mrs. Coulter are actually her parents. Oh, my Lord. And that the kidnapping that they're conducting is all part of some seriously nefarious research, which involves the separation of people from their daemons, which is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Um, You get some really creepy scenes. But like... So Miss uh, Mrs. Coulter's real into that, mm-hmm. but like Lord Azrael's not so much into that. No, he's but sort he's of still like sketchy, letting it happen, sort of. Yeah, it's, and like I, it's been a while since I read the yeah. book. I don't remember how exactly the political lines of it break down. But, it's, but even then, like as you go through the series, it's real flippy floppy oh, about yeah. who's good and who's bad. Yeah, everybody moves around. Um, as the books go on, dust is revealed to be the uh, dust, which is um, this sort of magical energy that suffuses the world and has a lot to do with daemons, um, is revealed to be the key to traveling between dimensions, including, as we find in the second book, our own. Um, Lyra teams up with Will, a boy from our world, and together the two of them become embroiled in a big grand universe spanning quest to overthrow the magisterium's power and just like kind of let nature be nature man and not try to mm-hmm. put so many rules on things yeah um, like and don't cut yourself from your soul dude yeah don't like cut your soul away from your body that's not cool yeah um eventually uh allegiances are shifted throughout the books like you said annie um hell gets traveled through god gets broken out of a crystal tomb and then killed like, really? Um, <laughs> and all sorts of crazy stuff happens. Um, the books go kind of bonkers, but in a it really... Go, com- it goes real bonkers. It goes super bonkers. But in a really consistently compelling and smart and thematically consistent way. Yeah. Um, even when it involves, like, some very uncomfortable teenagers as Adam and Eve symbology kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, you're doing anthropological research on three-legged creatures that like skate around on oh, like yeah. seed pods like somehow just the moment-to-moment writing stays deeply compelling and motivated and cool um while it's going off the rails um the uh characters are a huge part of that because they're wonderful and delightful and philip pullman's really good at sketching them out um i will say for the adult characters especially casting was the one thing that the movie version of the golden oh, compass totally. got right. it totally nailed i think every major character I mean, in the movie the, the, both the casting director and the people who cgi'd the bears yeah like they got a pluses everyone else was like real real d minus did not do so yeah. great um so our characters are lyra uh, she's a 12 year old girl she's a total badass um little, she doesn't take nothing child, from nobody child thief sneaky yeah. little spark liar plug. yeah yeah i feel like she's like the 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 like platonic ideal of like 12 year old girl fantasy young hero. scrappy and hungry yeah she's young scrappy and hungry uh, she's very alexander hamilton yeah um there's will her counterpart in our world he's a little bit more empathetic and moody and broody than her and more of a normal kid yeah he's kind of just standard his dad kind of went off when he was young yeah and there's some Um, mystery around that um but yeah otherwise he's pretty pretty standard he doesn't come with like thiefdom yeah he's he's not cool fantasy (laughs) he's not he's not a thief orphan he's just a sad orphan (laughs) well he is a mom oh that's true he's not even a sad orphan he's 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 like a a sad like a sad kid in your third grade class yeah there or not third grade like whatever fifth grade who has possession of a dimension hopping knife um there's uncle azrael uh mysterious complicated sort of your classic victorian explorer type guy but way more broody um there's mrs coulter uh charming and devious but she also gets a lot of depth as the books go on she's this agent of the magisterium but the way that she relates to the magisterium shifts moment to moment almost as you meet her i think she's a character who benefits a lot from the fact that the books are attached to Lyra's perspective. Yes. Because you only see her through Lyra's eyes and, you know, Lyra grows up over the course of the books. So you really evolve in the way that yeah. you see her. And um, it is it is very, like, refreshing to see, like, a character like that who could have easily just been real bad, like, femme fatale lady. Yeah. And um, she, she starts as basically the White Queen in... Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, she's that kind of, like, this ethereal, regal, striking presence. She's very seductive. Yeah, and very untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, she just gets all these layers in. Yeah. Um, Azrael and Mrs. Coulter were Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman in the movies. Real well done. I just remember, I don't remember what Azrael's is, but Mrs. Coulter's Damon is a golden monkey. Yeah. Oh, his is a, um, like, a leopard. It's like a snow leopard or something. It all works. Yeah. Um, There's Roger, Lyra's friend. Poor Roger. Oh, Roger. Poor, poor Roger. Um, there's Lee Scoresby. Oh, Lee Scoresby. Literally and a, Hester. Literally a sky cowboy. Um, he's just the greatest. He has his little, his rabbit Hester Damon. 
Um, and he is the, um, the, the second in a week appearance for Sam Elliott on our podcast. <gasps> Yay. And Sam Elliott Happy is, Sam Elliott month, everybody. Yeah. And he is much like the dude or the, the, the stranger in the big Lebowski. He is just Sam Elliott being Sam Elliott and he's great. Um, there's Yorick Birnison. He's literally just a talking polar bear in big golden armor. That's all you need to know about yep. him. He's amazing. There is Serafina Pecola. She's just Eva Green. She's a witch. She's, she's delightful. She's, she's Eva Green in witch form. I love form. it. Um, I yeah. want the whole like Serafina, like Eva Green spinoff show. Oh my gosh. I would watch that so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be great. There's Mary Malone. Uh, she's a doctor from our world who becomes a sort of a mother figure to Will and Lyra. Is she Will's mom? No, no, she is. She's like a physicist. Yeah, she's just she. She's she gets just, embroiled yeah. in it, and but she becomes sort I mean, of a mother figure. Physicists can be moms too, but it's like she is unrelated to <laughs> oh, no. either one. She's not a mother. She's a physicist. <laughs> I mean, she's married to science. <laughs> 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 oh man that's incorrect everyone ladies can be mothers and physicists it's true we're laughing but we're crying inside it's so much sad um but yeah she starts she sort of comes around to care for will and lyra um she also spends a lot of time researching the aforementioned extra-dimensional beings on seed pod skates because mm-hmm. um, you gotta do something yeah and then there's also a wide assortment of like fairies angels and tripod whatever aliens there's the whole works they uh especially in the second two books they things get weird yeah because we're know. hopping from dimension to dimension yeah we're going through hell we're going yeah. through our world we're going yeah. through foreign but a lot of feels that nobody's seen ever before before yeah um yeah but so many feels like yeah again the emotional core of the books stays incredibly consistent even while the plot is going total bonkers yeah um themes and fun stuff i think we've already touched on a little bit uh the main theme of the books is the oppression of organized religion um this idea that um spirituality is something to be sought and looked for and connections across the universe are very encouraged and that the idea that there is a higher power but the suppression of organized religion and the politics of that um inevitably make it worse and sort of the suppression of or the the suppression oh, the, brought the, on oh, okay. by organized yeah. religion. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Philip Pullman is a real down on yeah. organized religion. Not a big fan of the Vatican. It's not very subtle. No, it's uh yeah, it's way in your face. Um, one of the things that I love about it is its world building that is not afraid to be weird um, because it knows what its emotional core is. Um, the books get pretty sort of psychedelic and crazy, but never lose their grip on a strong narrative drive and perspective. You always know what the characters are trying to accomplish, and so it makes it easier. And they're just as weirded out by everything happening around them as you are. Um, the last book in particular is the most sort of crazy out there philosophical in a lot of ways, but it makes for really compulsive reading because the moment to moment action is so strong um characters who you know and love and attach to and still manage to surprise you i think like we talked about with mrs coulter um lee scoresby forever oh my god just i just like i mean he had a spinoff like novella oh yeah that's part of the recommendations yeah but yeah, um, like I would read a whole book series about them. Yeah, he's just wonderful. And he is a character, he and Yorick are characters especially who sort of on page one are fully formed. Like oh, they, yeah. they step into the world and they feel like they just belong there. And they are, of course, there's a, a, a balloon cowboy yeah. in the world with a, a rabbit. And of course, there's a bear with uh, with with armor. Um, so, yeah, they really the characters jump out immediately. And that's good because you meet a lot of them as the books go on. It starts off very attached to Lyra and then just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and that, I think, speaks as well to there are so many moments in these books that have stuck with me long, long after putting them down. Um, there's the, the trip through hell and the sort of yeah. inversion of of daemonology that gets talked about like i think the discoveries of what daemons are and the conversations around how that relates to say our world yeah that um i think the book ends on a really striking lovely image um lee scoresby forever yorick bierness and dueling uh um, pretender to the throne in his bear kingdom up in Svalbard. Yeah. Like, there's just all of these moments that I very frequently find myself thinking back on um, and feel incredibly epic in scope, but also mm-hmm. really personal and full and emotionally satisfying. Yeah. It's a real good series for rereading. Yeah. Like, it's just, again, like, it's so... 
completely out there and like mm-hmm. really like dense in parts um but in a like a really rich way yeah i feel like it mm-hmm. it feels just like you said like a book that started with one scene yeah and he's so willing as an author to just go with the character on this trip of discovery yeah but at the same time you can tell that there was a moment that he really sat down to think about all of this both plot wise and world building wise and thematically and then integrated it all back in so you get little wonderful hints of things throughout so yeah they're great books to spend a lot of time with yeah um so yeah hey we have two things that are good to spend time with yeah for i would i would say the exact same reason oh totally very (laughs) similar um where's the thematic crossover here um young girls yeah self-actualization yeah exactly like girls having having trouble and forcing Mm -hmm. and pushing in against the expectations of their societies absolutely you can't tell me not to hop through dimensions yeah or take my non-binary partner to prom exactly i'm gonna do what i want yeah I'm 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan College, no pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there there is that. I think like the changeover of um, or the pushing back of res- of societal structures, yeah. repressive societal structures, oh, especially. There's so much morality in the magisterium that yeah. is actively harmful to everyone around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, trauma. And, oh, definitely. You know, especially the adult characters in yeah. his dark materials. Like everybody's haunted by something. And like having, like you are forced to deal with your trauma. Like mm-hmm. you can't cut it off and have your daemon be a nice pet. Like you, you need to live through some bad things too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Because yeah, Mrs. Coulter, a lot mm-hmm. of Mrs. Coulter's initial justification for the daemon separation is like we need to do this for kids because it keeps them from having to deal with like complicated adult emotions. Yeah, exactly. Like she thinks that's a real good idea. Yeah. Um, and you know, Penelope has to go to therapy and mm-hmm. you know talk to the women in her group and, and travel through like, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, um. Oh, I think there's also something about um, sort of the inversion of classic storytelling structures mm, like i yeah. think there's something so surprising about well, one day at a time's approach to sitcoms yeah. but also like there are so many fantasy tropes in his dark materials well, yeah. that just get I mean, kind of cast off and it's or played around i with. think um his dark materials especially once like philip pullman really like sat down to plan out his world it was a real response to the chronicles of narnia yeah like apparently he is a real not a c.s lewis not, fan they would not get along great. no and he and this this is like a fantasy response to that yeah, it's like an anti-allegory yeah even oh. though it's very allegory. It, it is very much so. But like aggressively, it, it's an allegory without like a core belief structure other than like spiritual or, 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 or con- yeah. connect. I mean, yeah. I feel like I would. It's that, got a core. It's yeah, got a core I think belief. maybe he doesn't think it is but, but, it is. but it is. It's just in the opposite way. It's, and I love them both. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. But I, and, I, and then I think even things like Yorick Bernison is a character who is like the exiled king of a yeah. country. But everything. I mean, A, he's a bear. Yes. So things play out differently when there's bears with armor. Yay. But it's such a ground level look at that story in the golden compass and it feels really dirty and gritty yeah. and grimy and even like his ascent to the throne is him like knocking the jaw off of yeah. his, his, his bad guy polar bear and it's not there's not a lot of grandeur built into it um which is a fun subversion of like the aragorn style oh i was exiled from my kingdom yeah. and now i must return yeah like, bernison doesn't get a lot of glory because he's, he's a polar bear he's just a bear man yeah you just know bears be bears there's gonna be bears gonna bear yeah bear the load it's unbearable. Bear down hard. It is unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think these are these are very thematically consistent. Yeah. Um, so how do they cross over? Well, um, I mean, the good thing about his dark materials yeah. is that we have a knife that's cutting in through all sorts of worlds. Right, you can go through anywhere. Yeah. Um, and this is, of course, happening before the end of the books. So, yes. Spoiler alert: the knife's not around after the end of the books. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think like. They can. They're already in our world. Yeah, exactly. Like um, Mary is and Will are from our world. Yeah. So how do they so, know the family from one day at a time? Yeah. I mean, that's our first question. Yeah. I think. Um. So nobody's a physicist. Nobody's that we know, <laughs> that we know of. Um. Maybe. Maybe Snyder's our gateway. <gasps> the Schneiders. Yeah, maybe because like he talks about his um. 
you know, his dad, who's like real rich and just like a terrible person, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, what if, um, what if Mary is like his sister? Oh man, yeah. And like she, you know, Schneider decided to move to the U.S. and like, you know, like own a building and Mm -hmm. kind of be a landlord there and like handyman. Yeah. And his sister's like, I'm going to get really like a giant said, PhD. I really thought you said Candyman for a second. <laughs> I was like, that is not a career path Candy you got. I don't care how independently wealthy Candy you are. Man. <laughs> Who can make a sunrise? Well, I guess, yeah. I guess that guy Some had a job. I mean, yeah. He was probably independently wealthy. He was smiling a lot. Willy Wonka? The candy, no, the, the Candyman guy. The Candy Star guy? Yeah. See, oh, see, I always thought it was um, Willy. They were singing about Willy Wonka. Oh, I thought he was singing about himself. <laughs> Wow. Hello, children. I'm the greatest thing that's yeah, ever right. happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. Yeah, we have a lot of Willy Wonka references in this. Dude, this is heavily Will- – and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, I guess God's in a glass coffin. That's yeah. like an elevator. That's – yeah. That's the ultimate destination and, of that and glass I mean, elevator. Like, kids get judged. Yeah, and Slughorn is probably working for the Magisterium. Um, Slugworth? Slugworth. He's got slug in his name. Yeah, That's all same need. thing. Yeah. Uh, and horn rim glasses. That was what I did. Yes. Anyway, now that we've explicated Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, Mary is Schneider's sister. Yep. So um, how does Will fold into this? Um So that's the thing. So uh, One Day at a Time, I think, is set in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Um, Events of his dark materials in our world is is the UK, I right? So, so does she get a grant, like a travel grant? Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, um, you know, maybe she was going to see, um, like, they have telescopes in Hawaii. Maybe oh, she yeah. decided to stop on the way to see Schneider. Absolutely, you know, she's going to go see her brother and yeah. check in, see how everything's going, and yeah. then things go crazy. Yeah. Um, so. Um, you know, Will and Lyra are are cutting through mm-hmm. universes. Right, just willy nilly, left w- and right. Willy, willy, n- <laughs> lily. <laughs> Key joke. <laughs> um, We're in rare form tonight. Yeah, I like right. This. We're it's, on fire. It's a great, great time. Yeah. Um, so, I'm gonna say that that like Will and Lyra pop out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, and. Um, because you're coming from a hell dimension, you don't know where you're going to pop yeah. out. Yeah, you know. And so, I mean, I would think that like Penelope sees two rando kids with a knife. Yeah, she's she's probably, she's probably curious. Yeah, and like, hey, she's a mom, and B, she's yeah. a nurse. She's like, we got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know who would be probably following Will and Lyra, and mm. not totally a fan of the ones one day at a time family? Who the Magisterium. Well, see, I don't know about that because really? Lydia's real Catholic. She is. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe we can. Maybe we can flate the worlds a little bit. Maybe yeah. Magisterium is Catholicism a little bit. I mean, it pretty much it, it is. Yeah, it essentially yeah. is. It obviously has gotten way more rampant in Lyra's reality. Oh, yeah. But um, so you know, maybe that's the end. Like she thinks, like you know, for good reasons, she thinks like, oh, these people are helping. These are these are here to help. If there's yeah. if there's like an attack of some kind, is it the specters? What are they called? Yeah. The, that like They're LA yeah. yeah, LA falls under attack. Yeah. And so the Magisterium shows up and Lydia's like, oh my gosh, I have these they're, people who are here to help us. Yeah. And then they're like, what is up with your granddaughter? What is going on? That's not cool. And yeah. Like, oh no. For yeah. being gay? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. No, they're super not, not yeah. into it. Um, you know, it's like everything about the the uh the problematic uh repression of the of the catholic church but then just dialed yeah. up to 11 oh exactly um so i think maybe like the magisterium's agent to get there is mrs coulter yep and she's reporting back dutifully mm-hmm. but you know she starts to uh, because much like the rest of America, she falls in love with the family from once uh, oh, of course, one day at a time. Right? Who could not? Um, so then, but then she starts to realize that like this is going to be a problem. We're now on their radar. Yeah. Um, well, also, so it made me think. Um, Penelope, being an army vet, like mm-hmm. um, she maybe she would be called up um, back to duty if oh if like, LA was like under if, attack. Yeah, if, like specters are specting. Yeah, from magics. 
yeah. dark magics and sorcellings. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so she's on active duty. She's on, and then um, maybe Mrs. Coulter kind of gets in with the government mm-hmm. in in our world. Yeah, she's like consulting or advising. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, hey, we're from another reality. We're here to help. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, um, things are bananas. Yeah, and so yeah, that happens. I think Azrael is sort of a free agent out there. Yeah, like he's just trying to deal with the situation, um, but from the the fringes. From, yeah. Oh, definitely. Know, independently. Um, yeah, and then I think you know you've got the. Uh, I think the the apartment is of course. As, as is so often the case for crossover appeal, the apartment is the nexus of all of this. Of action. course, yeah. Like it's the it's, it's the ground zero for. Yeah. Do they have an artifact? Um. There's like the, the I mean, there's the altheometer. Yeah. There's the what's cut, the there's knife? The, the subtle knife. I forget and what the amber spyglass does. Yeah. Is there something well, else? Well, yeah, like um, may, and maybe it's something that Lydia had when she was a girl leaving Cuba. Aww. Maybe she brought it with her and she yeah. thinks it's like a family heirloom. Yeah. But she doesn't even know that it's um, like this powerful magical artifact. Yeah, maybe it's like another altheometer. Yeah. Yeah, something magic Because that like finds du- mm-hmm. finds truth and also dust, right? It, yeah. It like follows conduits yeah. of it. It's something that has a lot of dust in it. Whatever Lydia has. Dusty. Like her, she's dusty. She hates it. Yeah. She hates it. It's always messing things up. I know, right? <laughs> um, the only thing I can think of is, um, I mean, not that this is like a family heirloom or anything, but like there's one episode where she goes to the opera to spy on Dr. Leslie Berkowitz and his date because uh-huh. they've like broken up. And she has the opera, you know, it's like opera glasses. So the maybe. opera spy glasses. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Those are magic. That's something. Um, yeah. They're totes magic, totes I decided. Uh, totes magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, like, of course, this becomes large battle. Yeah. Uh, you know, as it so often does. Yeah. We've got fairies coming out. Oh, totally. Angels. Angels. Yeah. Angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul Bettany. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that it's, you know, it becomes your classic knock them up, punch them outs. Um, but, but with ultimately, some endearing family lessons yeah. at the heart of it. Um, so yeah, where do, oh, uh, we haven't even talked about Yorick yet. No. Uh, <laughs> Polar bear in LA. Oh man. Well, can I just say Yorick shows up in our reality and he is horrified by the state of polar bears. Oh, 100%. He's like, yes, I will find my kingdom. Oh my God. What's oh, happening you here? Have destroyed my kingdom. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. So yeah, I think, I don't even think Yorick really intersects with the main action so much. He just becomes an he's environmental just, activist. Yeah. I feel like he's eating everyone who's trying to like destroy the world. Yeah. He just which go, I'm real okay with. Yeah. He goes after Scott Pruitt. He is a, yeah, he is a vengeance bear. <laughs> He's a total vengeance bear. Yay, vengeance bears actualized. Or justice bears. Justice bear. Yeah, yes. sorry. Just, yeah, vengeance bears. That's not. That's not justice. No, it's just. It's real justice. Yeah, justice bears actualized. Yeah. Um, I think Lee Scoresby can help by starting to encourage American transit systems to embrace the Zeppelin. Yeah. There you, you know? go. I like that. Yeah. Why fly when you can zep? Yeah. That's that's their logo. That's it. That's it. Scoresby Air. Zep him up. Scores Bear. <laughs> I'm not a bear. Because that's a portmanteau. It's he's got bears. He's got Scoresby. Yeah, but he's not a bear. Well, no, but it's a they they're co-owners. They can, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Scores Bear. Scores Bear. Scores Bear Bear Lines. <laughs> <laughs> that's the cartoon spinoff. <laughs> no, that's Tailspin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was gonna say woo, but that's Ducktales. Oh yeah, man, we're just bouncing all oh, around tonight. Man. Whew, Tuesday night. Um, so yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think I feel solid about this. You know, yeah. Serafina pops up. Oh yeah, spells oh, all around. Maybe LA. she ends up in Penelope's support group. Oh, for she's ladies seen a lot. who is who have been in battle. She's got a lot of trauma. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Serafina, I like that. Um, how did Damon's work in this world? Well, Damon's work just Damon's as are they, just Damon's? Yeah, because like when oh, Lyra right. and Damon yeah. or Lyra and Will meet, she's like, Where's your Damon? And then she's like, Oh, it's in you. It's on the inside. It's on it's inside, which doesn't count. No. It doesn't make me feel any better, no. that's for sure. Um but so I think that like the like, Damon's for can trying, come Phil through Pullman. the Damon's can come through, but yeah. like they're they know that like, oh, people are people. Yeah. And we don't get Damon's. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so this this is only gonna be a little bit of a one sided game yeah. as we move into games. Yeah. But it's a necessary game. Oh, who? What are Damon's? Yeah. Are the, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, how did how did you know? Uh, Penelope's Damon. Um. So I mean, she has already said that she is a Hufflepuff. I'm gonna go straight up Badger. Nice. Because she Damon. looks adorable and she's tough as yeah. hell. Yeah. Absolutely. Lydia's. 
Um, a flamingo. Ooh, nice. She's, yeah, like she's dancey mm-hmm. and she's she's all showy. Yeah, she takes up space. She does. That she's flamingo like, is not going to comfortably fit in anyone's room. No. Um, Elena. Um. Oh man, that's a real tough one. Cause mm-hmm. like, she's still figuring hers out. She yeah, is a so kid. she can. Yeah, she can be a job. But like, I think it would kind of settle. So like something real smart. Um. But also kind of in your face. Yeah. Maybe like a like a chinchilla. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's so freaking cute. How does she feel about getting wet? I don't know. Because you can't give chinchillas baths because they get hypothermia. That's okay. So I don't know if she likes swimming or not. I mean, they haven't said anything. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. She's afraid of water. It's canon. There we go. Uh, how about yeah. Schneider? Schneider, um, he's he's a big dumb goofball. Um. I'm going to say, like... Big Dumb Dog? Yeah. Yeah, because you love him. Yeah. Like, even Lab. though he... Like, yeah, like a golden retriever. Maybe, like, he's, like, a one of the real high high-bred golden retrievers. Oh, we're like, they're he's... not even... They're not getting smarter. No. <laughs> <laughs> so far. But he costs, like, $9,000. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about... We've got Alex. Oh, um, yeah. So, I think he... Um, Again, like he he can slide right in there. I think he was he would be like a little kind of like jungle catty yeah. kind of person. A lynx. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh Dr. Leslie Berkowitz. Um gosh, he uh, he'd be like a sloth. Oh. Where it's like he's lovable, but you're like, oh buddy. <laughs> That'd be an annoying daemon to have. I know, right? You can't really move one arm because there's always a sloth hanging off of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how about Sid? Um, oh, Sid. You you goofy little bananagram, you. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Bananagram? You know, just like a funny name for someone. No, no, I agree. Because, um, yeah, she's, she's a real goofball and she's very energetic. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, maybe like, like a squirrel. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, but like one of those cool red squirrels. Yeah, or yeah. a red panda. There it is. There we go. Nailed it. Um, um, yeah, I think those are those are the real good ones. Yay! All right, I'm glad that we took some time. Oh, that was very important. I was going to bring that up. Okay, good. Yeah. Phew! I'm glad we arrived at the same conclusion. Yes. Um, any kiss your faces is battle domes best buddies is. Um, best buddies is everybody. Best buddies is everybody. I think um, Will and Lyra kind of fall in with Alex and Elena because mm-hmm. um, Alex is probably around their age. Oh yeah, uh, but then Elena would like would want to like get th- things real serious. She would yeah. uh, Lyra would be like, no, we have to take down the government, and Elena would be like, yes, yes we, we have do. To take down the all government. Elena would call up her like her her little activism Aww. group friends mm-hmm. um start making posters they, yeah they would make so many posters yay um i mean so, battle dome is everybody against the magisterium yeah oh definitely um i think um you know i think best buddies i would i would pair up um uh victor and um lord asriel oh as yeah bad trauma but yeah bad some decisions. real tra- yeah bad dad decisions oh bad dads <laughs> bad dad soccer Marker dads, dads. Um, so because yeah like in season two we see victor like it seems like he's trying to like get better Mm -hmm. um but it's still like dude you made some real bad decisions um so i think he and asriel could talk about how they have they have not been the best fathers i like it um yeah that seems like the strongest one yeah i think mrs coulter might come around to like lydia i think so yeah not penelope yeah because like I think um, Lydia, like she, she is a very caring mother, but she also like she she has her own very strong views. Yeah, and I think Lydia and Mrs. Coulter would be on the same page about the Magisterium at first. Absolutely, and then they, they would come to that decision together. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Mrs. Coulter can be fancy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're oh, so I can't remember what their names are, but I think it's like maybe in the the Subtle Knife or the Ember Spyglass, there are the two angels. They're oh, kind of, they're kind right. of gay angels. Yeah. So I think that Elena would be real into them. Gay angels. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, oh my gosh, Yay. angels can be gay too. Tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think I feel pretty solid about this. Yeah. You know, it's a fairly easy one, I think, because we have a dimension hopping book Ooh, thank goodness. that literally crosses over into our universe yes. as part of its plot. Definitely. But uh but yeah, I feel very solid. Yeah. Um hey, Oh well what about Lee Scoresby? Oh he's gotta be buddies with some maybe. I feel uh, real bad taking out Dr. Leslie Berkowitz. Oh. But I feel like he and Lydia could have some sparks flying. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They would yeah. I think they would do great. Yeah. Oh, Sam Elliott and Rita Marino. Right? Yep. Sold. Classic. <laughs> um, Annie, if people want more One Day at a Time goodness, where can they turn? Um, so for more Latinx family feels, um, there's Jane the Virgin about a young woman who's accidentally impregnated and caught up in a world of drama. Um, Abuela from Jane has a guest appearance on One Day at I a Time. I did not know that. Oh, my God. God. So um, it's in an episode in season two where um, Lydia and Dr. Berkowitz have broken up, Mm -hmm. but she finds out that he is going on a date with someone else and she goes to the opera to to stalk him and she and Abuela meet in the restroom and Abuela, I mean, the actress speaks English too, but like Uh on Jane, she only speaks Spanish. So it's like. I was like, oh, my God, Abuela's speaking English. And, like, she and and Abuelita have a scene. Aww. And it is the best moment in TV. Like, I, I think you were away that weekend. And I, that happened. And I started freaking out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, Abuela's on TV. Like, like she is my own grandmother. Aww. I was so excited. Is she playing Abuela from Jane the Virgin? No. Aww. She's playing a different person. Although someone pointed out to me after that, which I'd completely forgotten about, that on Jane the Virgin, Rita Moreno plays oh, Jane's yeah. other grandmother, Javier, um, not Javier, um, uh, um, Rogelio's father, or mother. Rogelio's mother. Man, all these crossovers. I know, right? All right. Um, so anyway, uh, we've also crossed over Jane the Virgin previously. Yeah. So go so back go and check listen that to that episode and, and watch Jane the Virgin. Um, for some books, we have um, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Isabel Quintero, a, a YA novel about a young Latina dealing with friends, family, and her identity. Um, Yaki Delgado Wants to Kick Your Ass by Meg Medina is another YA novel. Um, this one about bullying and family and just told with so much heart and warmth that I feel like when you say like, oh, it's about bullying, it sounds mm-hmm. like a real like quote issue book. But it's like it's so much more than that. Nice. And I want to find a way to describe it that sounds appealing. Yeah. Um, there's Irises by Francisco Stork about two sisters coming to terms with the, the death of their father, a mother in a vegetative state and their futures. Um, this one is just coming out, and I've just read a little bit of it, but it sounds fantastic. Uh, the Poet X by Elizabeth um, Acevedo about a young Latina poet growing up in Harlem. And, of course, In the Heights, a musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which features a lot of Latinx representation. Um, and I feel like Nina and Elena would totally get along, and Nina would be oh, like yeah. her big college-age sister, mentor, person. Absolutely. Um, can I throw one on the list? Yeah. Um, the play, if you ever get a chance to see Sonia Flew by Melinda Lopez. Oh, Melinda Lopez! Um, it is <gasps> yes! a play about uh, a, Cuban immig- a Cuban immigrant family and a young girl um, coming to terms and dealing with her family's history of the P- Operation Peter Pan Yay. of coming to America um, from Cuba. And it's beautiful. And if you ever, ever, ever see it playing anywhere, just go see it. You'll cry your eyes out. Yeah. Oh, and we love Melinda Lopez. Mm-hmm. All of her shows are fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, she has a show at the Huntington Theater Company next season. Um, it's an adaptation of a Frederico Lorca play. <gasps> and it's going to be great. I saw so, a reading of it last year. Sign up, everybody. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So uh, for more sitcoms with intersectional representation, um, there's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, also, which we've done a crossover about, um, about a police precinct and related wacky hijinks. It has such a great cast, mm-hmm. including two Latina main characters. Yeah, we just watched an episode tonight, and it was great. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I Amy Santiago is like the character of oh, my heart. Amy. I feel like... Like, I mean, she's way tougher than I am. No, I, think, no, I don't think I would run after someone <laughs> in a wedding dress and, like, you'd like stop a crime. That's probably true. Yeah. But, like, I feel like her, her organization and her, like, dedication to doing things you do look well. At, you do like a good to- folder tab. I do like a good folder tab. <laughs> um, but anyway, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is great. Um, there's Blackish and the spin-off Grownish about a black family, um, also intergenerational, also with a lot of heart and humor while looking at serious issues of representation. Mm-hmm. 
and then shows I haven't seen because Hulu doesn't post all the back episodes. Get it together, um, Hulu. Yeah, right. But I think these would be similar, and I've heard good things. Um, Fresh off the boat about a Taiwanese American family in the '90s, um, and um, the woman who plays the mom in that, who's great, Constance remember. Wu. Yes, mm-hmm. she is going to be in Crazy Rich Asians. That's right. The trailer just dropped. It looks amazing. It does look really I am good. like real excited. Yay! Um, and then also Superstore, which stars America Ferrera, everybody's secret secret best friend and crush. Aww. I just love America Ferrera. She is a delight. Um, um, so we so yeah, co- those are my recommendations. Yeah, someone we went to college with was roommates with her. What? At like a, uh, I was Lori Hale. Are you kidding me? No. Um, if not a, for a program that they did, like a like an, some, pro- when, an acting program or when something. When they were like high schoolers or I think something? so, yeah. I know, right? <gasps> we're so close to stardom. <gasps> Anywho, I'm going to talk about His Dark Materials recommendations now while Annie's mind explodes across the table from me. Um, Hey, I recommend this every other episode of Crossover Appeal, but this time I swear to God it actually has a really real resonance thematically and narratively. Um, The Adventure Zone. I know, and you should actually listen to it. The Balance Arc. Annie finally finished, everybody. And I got real feelings. Oh my gosh, it was the best moment of my life. I, like, I, I was so overwhelmed by feelings Mm -hmm. i did not know what to do with myself yes that's the greatest sentence i've ever heard (laughs) um but it also is an arc that involves some interplanar uh traveling and hopping around and has a lot of connections thematically with his dark materials that i think will you will find pleasantly surprising Mm -hmm. um I've also recommended books by N.K. Jemisin before, um, especially the fifth season, uh, which, again, everyone should go read. But she also has a two-book series called The Dreamblood Books. Um, the first book is called The Killing Moon, which I think actually, to me, feels much closer to his mar- his dark materials. Um, it is uh, – the setting is in sort of riffing on um, ancient Egypt as a, soci- as a society, uh, but it also – it involves – characters whose job it is essentially to go in and assassinate people inside of their dreams. Um, and it's actually a ritualistic way to do it. Uh, and it is seen as a, as a kindness that they do um, for people who are at the end of their lives, who sort of go in and sever them in their dreams. And it's really, uh, it is a lovely and, and creepy book, but mm-hmm. I think the metaphysics of it feel very Philip Pullman-y to me. And uh, I think you would enjoy it very much. It was the first book by Jemison I read, and I immediately went out and bought a bunch more. Um, I'm currently working my way through The Curse of Chalion, which is another fantasy book. Um, this one feels a little closer to Game of Thrones uh, to me than Philip Pullman uh, and his Dark Materials, but I really enjoy the system of magic that it works in it. Uh, The most magic that I've encountered thus far in it is um, if there's a certain god who... um, you can it's called death magic and you can enact uh, a magical assassination on someone but it kills you too and so it's just like a super extreme version of magic um but there is a look at governmental systems and governance and sort of religiosity that i'm getting echoes of as i work through it but i haven't finished it yet so the first hundred pages of it are great and i would recommend it um there is a a darker shade of magic by v.e schwab also dealing with london's in alternate realities and and uh, scrappy young girls going off on adventures. Um, I enjoyed this book a lot. Um, I have not yet picked up the second one, but I think it is worth a read if you enjoy Pullman. Um, Yeah. Uh, Hey, you know what? I feel like Jupiter Ascending should get recommended here. Just all the weird... I just feel like the bonkers world building. Yeah. It it honestly is the movie that I can think of that has the closest proxy to what (laughs) Philip Pullman does. He's smarter about it. Oh, yeah. But like... When you have like, here is a dog person and a bee person, right? I'm like, like yeah. You're just like, what? what? This is kind of like the Amber Spyglass. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like I honestly, I was trying to think of movies where the world building matches the grandiosity and yeah. potential pomposity of his dark materials. Um, Jupiter Ascending. It's dumber, but it's also very enjoyable. Um, and hey, Annie mentioned it earlier, but uh, check out Once Upon a Time in the North, which is Aww. a prequel novella about Lee Scoresby, and it's just a delight. Me lovely. Oh, Lee. Um, can I add a couple more? Sure. Um, 
So I think that um, Madeline Langle's Time Quartet, which Ooh, starts yeah. with um, the Wrinkle, Wrinkle in Time, time um, and also is real weird. Yeah, I just finished like, Wrinkle in Time for, for the, the first, first time. time. And he, it was he read re- it, guys. it was real good and it was real weird. Yeah, and I mean, oh boy, wait till you read the next one because oh, things get weirder. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's so yeah. A good pull. Um, and um, the Sally Lockhart books, which are also by Philip Pullman, um, oh, and yeah. are um, about like uh, um, lady detective in Victorian times. Nice, real I haven't fun. read any of those. Oh, they, I, they're real fun. I read yeah. them like way back in the day. Um, and also the Daughter of Smoke and Bone series, which I think has that like real big sprawling epic feel um, mm-hmm. about angels and demons and oh, yeah. fun stuff. Angels, angels. Um, so, so yeah, those are mine. Yay. I like all of those editions and certify them. Yay. Yay. Certified fresh. Yay. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to do it, everybody. Um, we made a fun crossover and we got a lot of cool battles going in LA with delightful family dynamics at the center of them. I'm yeah. proud of us. I think, we, yeah, considering I was like, how are we going to put these together? Mm-hmm. Um, we did a real good job. Yeah, they just fit right in there. Um, if you want to see the other ways that we make fandoms fit together, uh, Annie, where should people go for more information on our podcast? Um, they can find all of our content, including the show notes, at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us your uh, favorite Rita Marino movies. Yeah, um, or gifts. Yeah, or, or gifts or anything moments. related to yeah. Rita or Rita Marino's contact information. That's a little creepy. Well, we just Rita Moreno, hi. if you are listening and would like to. That's a to, better way to phrase yeah, it. Yeah. Rita Moreno and Rita Moreno only. You can reach us at crossoverappealpodcast yes. at gmail.com. <laughs> um, if you want to um, share what your Damon would be, um, mm. you can post it at our Facebook group. Um, at Crossover Appeal Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want us to start a poll about what the best daemons are, you can wow. tweet us at Crossover Is Appeal. It... <laughs> we'll start raising a ruckus. I know. Well, because I've already done like TV grandmas in which neither Abuelita or Abuela won because mm. the internet is garbage. Fair. Um, I, I'm curious now about um, Grandma Damon's. So. Yeah. All right. We'll maybe find a way to spin maybe that. Maybe I'll do that very niche poll. And you will know when you follow us at Crossover Appeal on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, uh, you should subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us mm-hmm. because um, that makes us real happy. And yeah, maybe bump us up in the, the listening polls. Yeah, get us up there. You can be maybe our... All, all 12 of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's far more than 12. Yes. We're up in triple digits, Yes, y'all. that is true. Um, but yeah. But uh, all, all of you should leave ratings and reviews. Mm-hmm. Help us travel into a new dimension. Not, no pressure or anything. Even more listeners. We'll, um, we'll, we'll say thank you. Absolutely. We'll shout we out you it. on the show. Yeah, we love shouting people out. Much um, like um, Lori and her dear friend, America Ferreira. <laughs> that's true. Well, I shouted that out for her. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Um, like we oh, like it. we mentioned people. America Ferrara can email us too. Yeah, totally. She's allowed. Everybody else, go write a review instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, this ended on a hostile note. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, we it, like you all a lot. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another fun crossover and maybe a little bit less personal attacks on you, the <laughs> yeah. listener. No, you're great. You're yeah, wonderful. You're, all... You know what? You look real good today. You do. Did you get a haircut? Oh, man. Wow. I bet. Yeah. yeah. You're doing great. Uh, and keep on doing great. And we will see you back here in two weeks. But for now, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 